Blog Talk Radio. Call it number one. You rock it with your boy Fat Cat on the Fat Cat Show. So what's cracking? Ain't no party like a fat cat party, cause a fat cat party don't stop. You never catch me sleeping, man, because I'm reaching the top. And if I gotta sacrifice, I put some hip in my hop. Ain't no party like a fat cat party, and a fat cat party they blow. You know how it is, get on your mark, set, go. Let it do what it do, you on the fat cat show, yep. This show's fanatical, so spell it with a capital, cause half of you was laughable, don't have me coming after you. You know exactly what a Mac can do, a legend like Mac can do, I'ma name this Fat Cat Avenue. Man, you gotta be honest, you need to talk it out, cause if you hate and keep stepping, you need to walk it out. Man, damn, what the fuss is all about? Mean Queen, Fat Cat, they be showing out. Are they real, man? Are these niggas holding out? Make sure the middle finger hits the colon. Cause haters, they never win, man, they never do. Raising hell so the devil never go to heaven too. First off, second two, I could never do. Nephew, you think I'm sorry cause I left you? Down for making revenue. One thing I know, you tuning in to the Fat Cat Show. Yeah, Ain't no party like a fat cat party cause a fat cat party don't stop. You never catch me sleeping, man, because I'm reaching the top. And if I gotta sacrifice, I put some hip in my hop. Ain't no party like a fat cat party at yeah, a fat cat party, they flow. You know how it is, get on your mark, set, go. Let it do what it do, you on the Fat Cat Show, yep. Hey, yo, 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 yo. We gonna, we gonna do this one more time. We gonna, we gonna step back in we going to act like the first never happened. We in a time machine. So follow me. We in a time machine that first show, the first show didn't, didn't happen. Y'all remember that. So now we're going to get into the real deal. But anyway, yo, 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 what's cracking? You rocking with your boy, the preacher's grandson, the thinking deacon, the sinister minister, the Rabbi Raymond Noodle, the chaplain of fried chicken's last rice. That's Fat Cat and my dog, Ruth. Y'all know who it is. P. Got a like. Bills was cracking. What's happening? What's happening? And also, we got a very special guest. I'm not going to even introduce him. I'm going to let him introduce himself. And who do we have to bless our show today? Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brother Reed here, just here. Hey, just glad to be a part of the show this evening and just ready to uh, get it cracking. Yeah, yeah. So so let, let everybody know uh, who you are and what you do. All right, this is uh, Brother Walter Reed. I am the assistant minister over at Lord of Lords Christian Church, and uh, i just like to bring the word forward to people and, hey, just keep it real. That's what we do, just break it down and keep it real. So, so those who don't don't know, we had a a new segment today in which is called Ask the Minister. And so, in order to participate in this uh this uh, segment, you have to inbox us some questions that we could uh, a- ask the minister, and we'll definitely get them on the show. This segment will take place every Saturday, every Saturday. So. Uh, inbox your questions and all that. I want to say what up to Diane, Derek, uh, Laquita. I hope I'm pro- pronouncing people's names right. But uh, 
we're gonna we're gonna jump off with that show today. But once again, we're gonna run run it on back, y'all. Y'all ready? Everybody ready. sound like everybody sound like yeah, they ready. ready, 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 ready. <laughs> so so we're gonna we're gonna go back uh, in the last argue segment about the, the what was the best decade to you, and um and uh, of course we want to start off with uh with our our new our new uh co-host and that's uh brother Reed uh Sarah. the best you you at the, you at the wrong part that's not where we is at we was at um saying uh what's acceptable for uh, a preacher or a minister to be in a bar or a the, the first the first the first segment didn't happen this is all new brother oh okay <laughs> We got a different, we got a different audience. What's up, uh, Virgil? Okay. What's up? Uh, so, oh, what was the, what was that best, uh, that best decade for you? All right. So, for me, uh, like I said, between the uh, process of elimination going from two thousand ninety eighty, the seventies and the sixties, uh, I'm gonna say the best decade for me was the uh, the 70s because of the fact that uh, we as a people start making a lot of, gaining a lot of ground you know, in, in pretty much in everything. You look at it uh, politics, uh, we had a lot of our first black mayors uh, the gentleman I spoke was thinking about Maynard Ferguson in Atlanta uh, mm-hmm. Colby A. Young here um, we had a lot of mayors, Harold Washington over in Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. Mayor Barry over in uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of opportunities to start governing our communities, you know, and to make changes that would affect our people. And I think that was great. And that, those things started to take place and gain ground in the 70s. And then right. also in that, you also had things, uh, movies being made, black movies being made. It was a good time. Where you can mm. see your people representing you, and you can re- uh, relate to the people in those positions. Uh, satellite, what what do you got? Oh, I was still a baby in the seventies. In the eighties, <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager in the eighties, and I, you know what? I, I can remember, like in nineteen seventy nine. We were still doing the black anthem. Do you remember that? This every yeah. voice to sing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so you know the the, the whole black pride thing. It, it was still trying to, you know, keep it alive. But a lot of that stuff got lost on with the the crack the crack uh, epidemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, we we suffered we suffered a big blow because. Uh, I just, I, I just had like good, good times, and like I said, I was a baby. I was a baby in the seventies, and um, I remember uh, checkered pants, bell bottoms, you know, uh-huh. bell bottoms and, right. and stuff, like that, and, and corduroys, and all of that, all of that type stuff, and then eighties, and then in the eighties, like I said, kung fu movies and skating and. And uh, uh-huh. it, it just clubhouses and gold cars, gold cars and all of that stuff. And 
and and and going out to Metro Beach and Belle Isle. And, you know, it was it right, was, it right. was and then in, in the nineties, being a teen, being a teenager and stuff in the nineties, of course, you know. Uh well well I started to become a young man too in in that time. So, you know, I had my first child in um ninety ninety eight and um uh-huh. And you know, of course, college in '90s, and I just had a good time. You know, in the '80s, I got baptized yeah. too. And and so okay, the, okay. In the 2000s, you know, in the 2000s, I bought bought my first house, got married, uh, and had some more kids, and and life has been blessed. I can't, good. I can't, complain. I can't complain. You, brother Reed. That's what's up. No, that's what's up, man. We just ate. Life is a uh, is a book. It's a series of uh, chapters, and within each yeah. decade, within each year, we just we just turn the page, man. And hopefully, we're in the growth pattern and moving forward. But uh, it's always good, man, to to move forward. And when you can look back and you look at the things how you've grown and and the things that you've been blessed with, such as uh, family and those things like that, that makes a difference. And you know, you know the bad part of of like. The late eighties and 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 going into the nineties was I got to see a lot of people that I that I grew up with get strung out, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that that was that was some terrible, you know. Remember how you how you used to be back in the day? You were you were you would look at people that that uh they used to be on dope. They have big hands and you know they hands be all swollen right. up and and yeah. all of that. Maybe real cracked out looking, losing weight, and you'd be mm-hmm. like, "Wow, you know, it was it was a young lady. I ain't gonna say her name, but she was mm-hmm. she was she was uh, one of the finest girls I knew growing up, and um, she got hooked on that stuff, and man, it it did it did its damage to her, and I and I was like, and this this girl I had back in the day, I had a little crush on her, but she mm-hmm. but. And she got on that stuff, man, and that was just yeah, that was. How just old it. was she when she got on it? And uh, see, I don't want to get too many details out, <laughs> you know. I want to get I want to get too many details out in case somebody listen listen to the show and be like, oh, it's all of me a crackhead, you know. But she was she was she was pretty young. We we was the same about the same. Okay. Age. But but it was like yeah. you know. It, it, it was it was just like wow that was a that was that per- that that period of time but I was I can tell you the truth I was always it was a lot of brazen crazy young men back in the eighties uh-huh. because 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 in the nineties because you look at it I was scared to do those type of things I was scared to go uh, slanging and stuff because I seen many many of the uh, people get killed not on on top oh, yeah. of that my not on top of that, my grandfather was a Southern Baptist minister that didn't play that. I had a granddad right. on my that was on me. Granddad used okay. whatever. He used whatever. It's his hands, a belt, whatever was in his grass. If he had to pick it up, <laughs> you know. And I think that's what, and that's what's changing through, um, through, through these little decades here. You had, you know, like yeah. I said, yeah. That's that seventies and eighties period was the period where 
you know, even though a lot of fathers left the household during that time, mm-hmm. but you, mm-hmm. but, but you still kind of had a little bit of the fathers that were there, and they and they took their kids to church, and they, you know, they did things like that to um, solidify the family base. Then by the nineties, you know, crack hit the neighborhoods, and fathers, more fathers started leaving, and more fathers was slanging, mm-hmm. and all of this and that, and then it just. It just really ruined the dynamics of uh, the black family, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know when they dropped uh, crack into the uh, urban communities and everything like that, between the uh, the crack did its damage, and then Nancy Reagan and uh, Ronald Reagan with their uh, war on drugs, that mm-hmm. sent a lot of the people. It was a it was a catch twenty two. We, we you know you were between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. Excuse the pun, but. Either victim, you were victimized by the rock on both sides. Either right. you were, uh, you became addicted to the crack, or you were selling the crack. You, you even you went away to the prison. There was a pipeline to prison right there, you know. And, and uh, it, it, it just, uh, it just did a whole lot of damage to our communities. And I, and it was by design, you know. You had right. Oliver North and all of them uh, bringing the cocaine over here between the Contras and all those type of things, you know. I mean, cocaine does not just float in the air and arrive in, in, in Detroit and Philly and Chicago and all these places. They know exactly what they're doing. And then your job shortage, so people can't get jobs, so they turn to selling this stuff. But what you're really doing is selling death to your own people. You know, people don't realize that for a $10 rock or whatever like that, you know, you, you, you would compromise and kill your own people. And then now you look at the damage that all those, uh, then you had the damage after the crackheads, then you even had crack babies. You had all these things going on, and then our, our community is still not recovering from that to this day. Right, right, right. You're right. You got anything on that satellite? No, yeah. I, um, um, like my stepfather was a crackhead, so I grew up with mm-hmm. the, the stuff inside the house. So I know exactly how it affects the whole family. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the eight, and I see the same thing happening now with people, and with the whole weed thing because crack started off as a party, a party drug. People didn't mm-hmm. know the effects of, of crack. The same thing yeah. it is with the marijuana now. They just increase the THC, and the, and yeah. the marijuana is, is so high. Everybody's mm-hmm. just partying, having a good time right now. But mm-hmm. yes, you know, we a lot of time. I mean, we're now seeing some of the effects of the marijuana because you got a lot of people that don't work. You got a lot mm-hmm. of people, girls, they're not really raising their kids. They'd rather get high, mm-hmm. and and the drinking comes with that marijuana. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, um, I, in our time period, period is the marijuana. You see the NBA mm-hmm. players and NFL players losing their careers. Because they don't want to get high. Right. Right. And now, not even just marijuana, it's pills. You know, people popping these. Uh-huh. You know, and that. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah. You, you, you keep them high and partying, and they won't respond to what's really going on to them. Like, we got black people getting shot and killed out here. Um, not getting jobs, but everybody's so high that anything and everything goes. Right. 
Right, right. And the party has to end. It's, you got people saying crazy stuff like, um, well, uh, the church is taking all the money, but nobody ever questioned what the what, what the people at the liquor store is doing with the money. Right. You give it to them. It's mm-hmm. crazy, right? Right. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know, and, and here's another thing. You know, with the uh, legalization of uh, marijuana and everything such as that, uh, the recreational use of marijuana and all these things there. Here's the one question that people are not not uh, paying attention to: Who's regulating the uh, the growth and the distribution of the marijuana? Yeah. Meaning right. that marijuana can be utilized as a vehicle to pretty much eliminate a whole class of people because they can mix anything in that stuff. Right, you right. know, and that's what people are not doing. And like you said, they don't they don't rack up the uh, the THCs and, and everything else. Now, if you remember, you see, I remember back in the day when uh, I had uncles and uh, cousins and stuff like that who who had smoked marijuana. Mm-hmm. Now, the marijuana back then does not smell anything like the marijuana that they smoke now. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different thing, and uh, with what they're crossing it with. You know, all, all this kind of stuff, man, people have to be aware of what's going on. And then when you just grasp everything, you do everything like that, you don't understand that it's a war each and every day for you, right. you know. And p- some people want to eliminate you. And it's just like now, I mean, you could things go hand in hand with, with so much. You have to ask yourself, hmm, why are they making it legal? Well, first and foremost, it's just like, Anything else, it's a money-making thing. It's a money grab. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll, they'll grab the money. The majority of the people that own the marijuana distribution center, a lot of those are doctors, suburbanite people who don't have anything mm-hmm. to do with the city whatsoever. And that's why they eliminated and changed the process to even get licensed for that. Right. You know, the same people that used, that used to sell marijuana and stuff on the corner, well, they, they, they locked them all up. Right. And now the white collar people own the uh, distribution centers and all that. They're making money on still the people in the urban area that's buying this stuff. Right. So sometimes you have to think about it on which end are you at on on this deal, and is it benefiting you? You Got to ask those questions. Like like our generation, what they used to destroy us um, and and Mm -hmm. for us to kill each other was uh, malt liquor. You had, oh um, man, they, they kept on showing that. the images of people drinking forty ounces, and that's what we did. Yeah, I yeah. remember saying, yeah. "I'm going to get that Ice Cube beer." You know, they started yeah. getting the rap. Saint Ives. Yeah, yeah, Saint yeah. Ives. Yeah, I can. Yep. When you talk about malt liquor, um, I was at the uh, I was at a Black Expo in Indiana, and the uh, the people from Coke Forty Five had a, a booth there. And it was it was a white guy representing the company, and he had two or three black girls around him, dressed uh, suggestively. So I told my partner at the time, I told him, I said, look, I'm going to go ahead and ask a question. You know how I feel about, uh, about malt liquor. So I asked him, I said, hey, can you tell me what is malt liquor? And he looked at me, didn't have an answer. And I told him, I said, I'll tell you what malt liquor is. Malt liquor is the garbage that's left over after you brew the beer. Then what you do is you add more ingredients until you amp up the alcohol content in it, and you only sell it in the urban areas. 
because you can't find a Colt 45 out when you go to like Sterling Heights and those other communities around Detroit. You won't find mm. Mag. Listen at the names of the malt liquor: Colt 45, Magnum, mm. Crazy Horse. All those <laughs> things are. All those names of it are are destructive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you malt liquor, the bull, all this stuff, man. It, it, it malt liquor is garbage. Yeah, and you know what they promoted? They promoted that malt liquor heavy in our. You remember they had a. Uh, uh, I remember uh slit 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 smart liquor here. And they had and yeah. they had uh, a Bubba Smith. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, the commercial where the where the bull used to crash through the wall. Yeah, tear up yeah. everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And then you had uh then they had the smooth, they had Billy D on Code forty five. Hey, yeah. Code forty five works every right. time. Yeah, and he knowing he ain't never drunk none of that stuff. No. Was, no. Yeah, it, 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 it was crazy. So now that now we in the, into this decade thing, and I, I'm a, I'm gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna say this, mm-hmm. brother brother Reed, you right yeah. now, it, we, the time machine I mentioned in the beginning, we gonna take mm-hmm. a we gonna take we gonna take a time machine back to the '70s, and what was the all right? What was t- today's uh, read say to the read in the seventies. Oh man, that's a great question. What I what what I would do, what I would tell the read in the seventies, man, is pay attention, stay focused, and take advantage of every opportunity that's coming coming forth. Because in in the seventies there was way more opportunities that was coming forth. If you grasped the thing then, and if you had an entrepreneurial mind. That at that point in time, you take advantage of all those things that were opening up at that time, and and, and now, man, man, and don't lose. Oh, here's the other thing: don't lose the city. Stay right. trenched in the city. Don't lose the city because you know what? At that time, back in the seventies, we had a mayor who told them that. He told everybody that. He told them, mm. "Don't let them get the water." Yeah, so Detroit had the waterfront man. The water he controls the water controls everything. And you look at it right now; they let them get the water. Right, right. That's that's why Flint has the problem it has now. Right. So I so know that's what we I would were that man go for. It. I I know we were we were babies in in the uh in the in the sev in the seventies, but mm-hmm. if 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 I uh. If I was uh in the in the seven if I could go back to the seventies right now, mm-hmm. I would I would uh I would stop me from getting hit by that car for one. Uh, I know but, that's right, definitely. I would, stop, I would stop me from getting hit by that car, but I would mm-hmm. I um but I can only speak for the eighties. If I could go if I could go to the eighties, I w- I would definitely be uh more attentive of what. Of what I wanted to do back then, I um yes. Even though I was a I was a young man, I would have uh yes. I would have I would have listened more in school. I would have been I would have strived for for you know better grades in school. Even though I had decent grades, uh-huh. but I know yes. I could do better. But I was so busy being a class clown. Uh-huh. I I was so busy being a class clown that I didn't put my best foot effort. I mean my best foot uh-huh. forward. 
to to yes. to do, to do better. And I um okay. because everything was uh was kind of like uh you know just dealing with. I didn't know uh, until later that I was really missing my father back you know in my life then. Okay. And uh, okay. And, and you know and that was part of me you know acting up and and stuff like that. I would have definitely Right. Right. I I would have definitely studied, you know, the Bible a little bit better in the, in the uh-huh. 80s, you know, in the 80s, no, cuz you know even though my grandmother told me that um she already said that I was going to be a minister. She had mm-hmm. already professed that at my birth that that I was going to be a minister, and, wow. and but I never, wow. I, I never, I never, I never um, took that serious. You know, I, I looked at, mm-hmm. I looked at, I said, you know, grandma tripping, and you know, even mm-hmm. right now right. with my grandma, right. Right. even even right now in my grandmother's dementia, my grandmother thinks thinks I'm a rev, a minister, but I truth, mm-hmm. truthfully I am, but yeah, but she. But she really, she, she, like, yeah, you, you're the pastor of the church, you know. She keep loop, uh-huh. looping with it, so I just tell grandma, yeah, you right, grandma. Okay. Yeah, you that's know. it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, so satellite, what would you tell the uh, satellite in the eighties? In, in the eighties, you know what? I wish um, because I, I didn't become conscious until the nineties, really. Okay. And if I could have been like that in the eighties, I mean, if I could have got to that in the eighties, I'd have been, I'd have known that black is beautiful. Black people did accomplish mm-hmm. a lot, a lot more, yes, more things, and that would kept me from getting into a lot of, a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, so I know we we went to the seventies with you. Is it something, Reed, that that you would have said in the eighties to? To you at that time, any different? Anything different in the eighties? I know you got oh, you. Oh man! You know the what I would do if I could go back to the eighties uh, and to the nineties, man. Not only to myself, but all all my black brothers as well as sisters. What I would say is this: instead of buying Nike gym shoes, buy Nike stock. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could have got, if, if if somebody would have told you, that's one thing they did not teach us in school was about investments. If you could go yeah. back to the in, in the eighties and the nineties, man, and, and, and invest in Apple and Nike and all those things, imagine what kind of economic power we would have now. And even right now, I would tell these parents because that's one thing I do with, with my, my 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 children. You know, I don't buy no Nike shoes, buy Nike stock. Be an owner, not a consumer, and that's what we need to. That's one of the things. That's part of my ministry. There, I have a financial ministry as well. You know, oh, that's okay. to, you know, that's one thing I do is try to tell people: don't be a consumer, be an owner. Understand yeah. that your 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 money has power. So that's mm-hmm. what I would do: go back and invest in those all those things that were just getting off the ground then. Apple, Nike, all those things, man, and just watch what kind of uh, growth you will have now. Right, right. That that that's something. You know what? And and I'm I'm gonna say this too. I think I said this on a previous show. I've I've never owned a pair of Jordans. Mm-hmm. Never owned, and it's not 
that I couldn't yeah. get them. It's it, uh-huh. yeah, it's not it's not that I couldn't get them because I I was working, I was working, I was making pretty good money, money as uh-huh. a team you know, to get it. But I was always cheap. I'm still like that today. I don't believe in paying a yeah. hundred dollars for a shoe. No, over a I've never been that type of type of person. I remember um uh the funny part when 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 True Religion jeans first came out. Yeah. Uh I went I went to me and my my wife went to the mall. And I remember I liked the way they looked. And then uh-huh. the lady the lady came up to me. She was like she said, "Yeah, these are True Religion jeans." And she said and then she said, uh, well, are you are you going to buy some today?" And then I, I flipped that tag over and I looked, and then True Religion said uh, two hundred and something dollars for some jeans. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, I said, "Are you crazy?" I said, "Man, I don't, I don't believe in that, no, sir." Mm-mm, I said, "You know, so I, 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 I always been like that. I've never been, I always been a modest type of a guy when it came to any of my spending. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe in um." Put uh, spending money like that on stuff like like Vean Rain said in uh it uh baby boy stuff that depreciates you know yeah so exactly hey I I got a, a little thing I, I about that true religion Jay I was talking to uh my brother at the time we were talking about those true religion jeans and they were uh, two hundred dollars a pair yeah I said man we ought to we ought to come out with another brand we come, come out with false doctrine. False doctrine jeans and make them half off. They all a hundred dollars a pair. You silly man, silly. Hey, I said people, people will buy them. They buy true religions at, at two hundred. Buy the false doctrine at one hundred. Hey, hey, you got, I got something there. <laughs> but people just, I'm telling you, man. People get hung up on just names and stuff. So it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, hey. Whoever uh get it popping first, whoever gets that, stuff that's popping. it, and they and they ain't but, not no different than the leaves and everything else, jeez. <laughs> right, 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 right. But we go, we go hop, we go hop into our segment, uh, our new segment, uh, ask the minister, and um, and this segment, uh, for those who just tuned in, in this segment, this is a uh, a. Uh, a two question segment and uh we're gonna allow people to uh inbox and send their questions in and uh on one of the shows we're gonna be able to uh answer uh your questions let the minister uh answer the questions that you might have and uh don't be shy with it you know uh uh minister reed he's a he's a he's a fair guy he's He's going to answer your questions as uh as much as he can. He's a knowledgeable guy of the word, so um don't be don't be intimidated by it. But we do have uh, <laughs> we do have two questions for today. And the two questions are can a believer listen to rap music? And number 2, can a believer go to the club and drink? Uh so, uh, Brother Reed, we're going to uh, allow you to tackle these uh, 
one at a time and um and so that first one can a believer listen to rap music okay well first of all uh rap music it's like with anything else there's subcategories of the uh, rap music you know you have rap music that brings forth a message the uh a message of uh, improvement then you have uh rap music that brings forth destruction such as uh, gangster rap mm-hmm. you know but then it's just like with anything else with the ability to sing dance or whatever we all receive gifts and if you mm-hmm. have the gift of versification to put words together to bring forth a message especially with a positive message then it's worth listening to you know mm-hmm. if you listen to uh gangster rap and and that goes along with everything else, gangster rap. They're talking about selling drugs, killing your brothers, and uh, using drugs, and uh, taking advantage of women and everything like that with Molly and other drugs that they used at that time. That's nothing positive. So if you're a, 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 a believer, then, number one, you've made a choice to, to be a positive uh, influence and, and pursue positive things within your life. So, mm-hmm. yes, you can listen to rap music, but it's all about your growth. As I said, every no one just comes out running. You know, first you have to learn how to crawl. Then you have to learn how to walk. Then you can walk better. Then you can run. All those things are part of growth. Okay. So when you are a neophyte believer or Christian, you're just starting out. So no one asks you, you know, you're not just going to go cold turkey per se. I don't do those things. It's a growth pattern. You know, you're going to grow, and as you grow stronger in the world, and you'll find out that you're going to pursue things that support your pursuit of the kingdom of God. You're going to not listen to negative things and all that. So as you grow uh, more mature, you'll put away your childish things because you're becoming more mature in your, in your, in your walk. Okay. So a lot of things that you used to do at the beginning, you won't do in the middle and, and, and as you grow older. Right. In, in, in right. the faith. So that's that's naturally going to happen. It's a process. But so, uh, even as you grow, you, you're going to drop a lot of that stuff. So, 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 uh, Brother Reed, let me let me ask this. Mm-hmm. OK, let, let, let's just say um, we, I'm, I'm going to take you to a, a little bit another level with the music. OK, just say mm-hmm. let's say I'm a rapper. Yeah, let's say let's say in in. For a minute, I, I get saved. Just say I get saved, but it's hard uh-huh. for me to get. It's hard for me to give up the music and just say I, I say, okay, I know I've been rapping gangster rap. I've been uh-huh. rapping this gangster rap. I gotta change it up a little bit. Maybe in my raps, I'm not gonna shoot shoot uh, uh, ten guys, but I'm gonna shoot one, and then I'm gonna mix it up and put some Jesus in it. Jesus rap in it. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you say to uh, You say what? <laughs> you know, you know, just like okay. I, I I got what you said. Now. I I get you on that. So yeah. what you have there is a reprobated mind. Because see, one cannot one cannot serve two two masters. You know, if you right. say you want to reduce the killing from ten guys to one cow, you you still killing. <laughs> you're still killing, and then you're gonna make Jesus. Well, that's 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 a conflict. Yeah, that's a conflict. So you can't, you can't, you can't go about it that way because that's a conflict. You know, I mean, that's just like, uh, 
um, I'm going to say, you know, I want I, I want to go up, but I'm going to push the down button. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Right. You know, if you're in an elevator, you want to go up, but you're constantly pushing the down button, you're not going to go up. What you're going to do is get the elevator, what, out of order. Right, right. You know, and that's what that would be because those two contradict one another. So then you got, then you, then you open the door for conflict, confrontation, and confusion. But, but, so, but, and, 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 and with that, now, if the guy is, if you're a rapper and you, uh, you were promoting gangster rap and then you got saved, well, in the process of being saved, you know, your education and your walk, and even those who brought you into the, into uh, being saved, they will, you will understand the error of your ways. Right. And yeah, that's part the of the process. Get, of, the closer you get to God and learn the word, you're not even going to like uh, gangster rap no more. Exactly. That's part of the maturing you, process. You, yeah, you go, you go, you go. I'm talking about the the deeper you get in with the Word of God, mm-hmm. it changes you from what kind of person you are. That's why a lot of yes. people that did drugs or uh, drink uh, 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 and this and that, when they get get into the Word, they stop doing those things. Right, because the Word will change you just like that. Yeah, but it's a process but, because when you first come into the Word, you're a child. But as you mature, you start putting away your childish things because guess what? You know better. Yeah, but you but you know what? The th- the thing that that we we get at what happens to because we're not perfect. Uh, no, as, we're not as, perfect. As as my as my pastor says, he says we're not perfect, but we serve a perfect God. And so that's right. And that's a, yes. And so what what I'm what I'm talking about? You may have. A person, let's say, that never had nothing in their life, and just say mm-hmm. uh, uh, they got into rap, and rap started paying the bills, and rap is their mm-hmm. their pay they pay their bills. And sometimes, you know, as Christians, uh, we, we give our lives over, but we still struggle with one uh, element of truth in our life. We still struggle yeah. with it, whether whether it be uh, infidelity, whether it be uh, mm-hmm. Whether it be alcohol, whether it, you know, you know, any number of whatever you struggle with, and just say now yeah. you got this, you got this guy. Uh, uh, I know uh, Jesus said, uh, "Pick up your cross and follow me." And so uh-huh. you, you gotta, you gotta put all them things down, you know. In the with the verse say, uh, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all yeah. things are new." And so, uh, when you, and so now you got this guy, he's choosing to, to pick up his cross, but at the same time, he still kind of, he want to pick up the cross, but at the same time, he, he's still looking back like Lot's wife. And and so, yeah. you know, you got people that teeter totter like that. They, they, I, I give you, uh, I give you an example. We actually have an example that that's not that's not too far long ago. Uh, let's look at Snoop Dogg. Oh yeah. Now Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is a rapper. He started out yeah. with his uh, gangster rap and all those things, but then he just did music with Rance Allen. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and a few other people. And he made gospel music. 
So then that's that's a walk. That's a change. That's a process. You know, but, as, but you and know, as he and I, I don't know if he professes, professes to be a Christian or what. But what I'm saying is that a lot of times, the the music from different people and from different genres can get a message to those who otherwise wouldn't hear it. And you know what? You brought up the perfect example. Just like you know, Snoop did that album, but he's still a marijuana supporter. Smoke. Yes. Yes. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like you said, uh, yeah. of the situation where, you know, uh, what's that? Choose you now who, who ye may serve. You yeah. know, like, like you know, you can't serve two masters. No. You know, so so when he when he automatically. If, if, if you can listen to um, Snoop Dogg, you can listen to DMX. You watch your man. <laughs> 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 see, you see how that goes Right, right, right So, okay, let's get to the second Second question Can a believer mm-hmm. go to the club and drink? Now, that's interesting Now, uh, on that note Again, growth-wise If you, you were going to the clubs then you got saved. You you partook of uh, alcoholic beverages and everything. Then you got saved. Mm-hmm. See, then you 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 struggle. You still want it. You still got friends and everything. Once you get you go back to the club and, and you go to the club. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you say, No, nah, man, I'm not gonna drink that hard liquor. You know, I got saved everything. But now I'll just drink a beer. Or no, I don't drink the beer or the liquor, man. Just give me a pop or whatever the case may be. It's still a process. Because, see, the, the first thing we do is you, you, you get saved. But then you have to keep going through the process because you get saved. But now you have to work for, towards what? Deliverance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, it's all a process. So that, again, as you mature, you find yourself to say, well, you know what? I don't want to go around the, in the club anymore. Now I have to do different things to occupy my time. But, again, it's like... Uh, weaning the baby off the bottle so they can start eating solid food, you know, because when you become a neophyte Christian, a, 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 a brand new, you are a brand new creature. So just like when you have a brand new baby, you don't start giving a pork chop right away. They have to get first. They get they get milk. They get formula because yeah. the other stuff is too much for them to digest. So then. They wean themselves off of the going to the club, wean, wean themselves off of uh, drinking alcohol and all those things. So, again, it's a process. Nobody will condemn you for doing that, but hopefully as your brothers and sisters in Christ who uh, helped you get saved and are, are looking for you because each one of us is supposed to reach one and teach one mm-hmm. and hold on to one. So as my brother's falling back to me, hey, you know what? Hey, let's get together. Let's have Bible study or something as opposed to going to the clubs. You know, right. definitely not drinking. We can't, you know, there's certain things that you just you just can't be doing. But, right. again, it's a process. But no one is going to condemn you. Oh, you went to the club. You're going to hell. That's not, that's not it. That doesn't work that way. You know, and that's why a lot of people are fearful of even being saved or being part of the church because they fear the condemnation. Okay, go go ahead. I'm saying, because well, I just got that call while we was on the on the talk on the show. 
Um, my sisters are here from out of town. They're like, oh, we're about to go to bar seven. You want to go to the bar? I said, I don't go to bars. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to drink it. This is the same exact thing that you just said. You don't have to drink. And I said, why not? You know, that's like somebody walking up to me saying, hey, you want to go to a hangout at the crack house? I don't smoke right. crack. You don't go <laughs> hang in the crack house for Yes, yes. So you reach that maturity level, you know. Right. Yeah, it, 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 it's definitely, it's definitely uh, a different thing. I got something that uh, that kind of like mixes both of the questions, and this was mm-hmm. under uh, under my old pastor. And my old pastor, we was we was in a Sunday school class one day, and my and my um, and he posed that he posed that question. He said one day, he said, you know, he an old school guy. He said one of his favorite singing groups was uh, the Gap Band. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, uh, he so one of his uh, parishioners gave him some tickets to go see the Gap Band. Okay. And so, and so he said, he, he, he looked at the tickets. He said, the ticket said, uh, the ticket said that some uh, st- something stadium something, and he thought uh-huh. he thought it was a, like a stadium or something he was going to see them at, and he said okay. when he got when he got to the place he noticed it was like a bar, uh-huh. some bar setting, and he said yeah. immediately immediately he got to being because you know and he said he he. He said to himself, he said, I know what I'm here for, but uh-huh. I, he said, I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody that I might have to minister to that might take this yeah. wrong. So uh-huh. he said, he said he immediately left. Yeah. You know, so that, that was, that was one of the things that he, you know, that he did. And I remember too, um, and I'm not doing this to, to, to shed a negative light on, on because I I was raised by a minister and all of that and mm-hmm. you know the the church we talked about this before that that the church is under so much of an indictment right now and um yes and and one of the things I had um it was this minister that I I knew uh, and he I'm not gonna bring his name up but it was a minister mm-hmm. I knew. I remember in my club days, I um mm-hmm. I, I would hang out at Club Med over there on, off East Warren. Yeah, and uh yeah, Club Med, you know that was the the popping spot on the east side of, of over yes, there. Club, it was, right. So I went I went in Club Med and I automatically saw this pastor in there, and so mm-hmm. and so pretty much then I was kind of a. I was kind of like a, a little ignorant guy, and and when he saw me, he knew who I was. He saw me because he knew my granddad. He looked, yeah. he looked, and he tried to look away. And when, mm-hmm. when I approached him, he had some drinks in his hand, and he had his arms around two ladies. Yeah, and he, he was looking pimpish, and mm-hmm. so. Him seeing me, you know, like I said, I was a little ignorant at the time. I said, "Hey, Pastor Johnson." I said it real loud, and yeah. and he 
and he tried to ignore it like he didn't know me. And I said mm-hmm. it again. And then that's when he urged him and the woman out of there, put his drink down and got up out of there. Yeah. Uh, and so so what is your what is your, your your take? Okay, my my take on that one is that um when you have a position of leadership you have a responsibility. And along mm-hmm. with responsibility there becomes accountability. Mm-hmm. And also you have to remember too that people's perception becomes their reality. Right, right. I'll give you right. two 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 examples on that. Now, at the same club met, there might have been a, a, a person that a pastor was, that's the only place he could meet this guy to save him. And he went in with no intent of drinking or, or being with women or anything, but he just came to talk to the, to the gentleman. But at the time that he opened that door and took that first step in, somebody else went by. Somebody else drove, drove down. There was a man who, who the pastor saw last week who was counseling him on the consumption of alcohol. But then when he saw that pastor going into Club Med, he said, wait a minute, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And then all they constantly went out the window. The man went and made a U-turn and stopped at his local uh, liquor store, got drunk, got back behind the wheel of the car, and then had an accident and killed somebody. Mm-hmm. So his perception of the pastor going in there became his reality that it was okay. But yet and still, the pastor was only going in there to, to meet somebody else to save their soul. But then the other right. thing was, in this case, the other pastor went in there. He went in there to party out of bounds. Right. But see, right. that that's the way things can get misconstrued and all that. But again, because he had the responsibility of a pastor, he also had the accountability to account for that, hey, I got to put away these things. I can't go there anymore. I definitely mm-hmm. can't go there and drink and, and be there, uh, you know, with, with, with the women and everything else and such as that. I can't do those things, not anymore, because right. when I accepted that responsibility, I was accountable to my congregation. I was accountable to everybody that I, that, that I share the word with. So those are the things that you have to do before you take that responsibility. And if you can't do that, then don't take the position of leadership. Right. Because you're and, not ready yet. You have to be ready. It's a process. And, and, but what, what do you say? What do you say to those people? And I'm, I'm gonna get off off of this in a, in a minute because I I don't want to give it too much time before mm-hmm. we get into a real topic. Uh, we uh, sure. What do you What do you say to those people that say, but but Jesus turned water into wine. Yes, he did. He was at a wedding. He turned water into a wine because sometimes even with dinner you can have wine. But here's the other thing: there's a lot of churches that leave that use wine with the communion. Yeah, yeah. Now, when it when it goes to that, it's all about moderation, and it's all mm-hmm. about the uh, not abusing it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They drink wine. He didn't say they they got drunk. <laughs> right. It's all in moderation. You can drink wine. You can toast it. Like I said, people use wine in in, in communion. Mm-hmm. So it's all about you know, like you said, it's all about moderation, and everything like that, because he. Even with uh, even with uh, alcohol, some people drink, but you don't mean you have to be a drunk, right? And right. some people, and some people, they if they take one sip, you know, they're out. And then some people, they get it, they don't know how to put it down, right? 
Right. But one one key thing to this that we have to always be mindful of, and if you ever look at and read the labels on alcohol, mm-hmm. it'll tell you that it's about spirits. Right, right, right. You know, and then when you're consuming alcohol, you're ingesting spirits. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be mindful of, too. And that's why a lot of people, when they ingest uh, when they take alcohol and all that, they they are totally different than when they were when they were sober. Right. All right. filters are off as far as communication, as far as behavior, all those things. Because some people just can't handle their alcohol. Some people say, right. "Well, they true cells come out." Mm, maybe so, but maybe it might be the spirits that they ingested with the alcohol. <laughs> right. So right. it's a lot of things to take in consideration when we're talking about that. But like I say, it's about moderation. It's about not abusing anything. Oh, okay, we got one more question. To wait. So who determines, this is from Wallace. Uh, so who determines what is moderate and what is extreme? Uh, that's a good question. Now, if you, it's about self-control first and foremost. You know, that's just like asking who controls uh, moderation or extreme when you have a drink and you get behind the wheel of a car. You know, that's just like when the when the bar becomes responsible for not uh, for over serving you. You know, who who made that determination? See, all these things I said, and a lot of times you have to use the first the first rule of thumb is common sense. Yeah. You know, if you are no longer in control of your facility or your faculty, then you you overindulge. Mm-hmm. You know, if your speech is slurring, you can't talk and stuff like that, and you are not fit to do anything else. So that's the first and foremost. And for those all around you, they consider, hey, man, you've had enough. That's enough. And then the other thing, the second step is the laws that are on the books that, 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 uh, that would tell you what's abuse. But anytime you use self-control, you know you went too far. So let 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 me ask this. Uh, so as as a um, as a believer in God, mm-hmm. uh, and I know you you already answered this uh, in a nutshell. But if, if I if I call my I call myself and I I know I got I'm responsible. You said being responsible. So you think that all Christians need to be careful, like just say, uh, I'm, I'm going to go out and have a beer. And just say, you know, they just want that one beer. But like you said, that one beer, that one beer could, could uh, in your hand could cause somebody to look at the church funny, look at, look at your belief system and be like, hey, he not... He's not sticking to that rule of thumb, so he's a hypocrite. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, yes, I understand that. So, again, it all goes, I think it all goes with um, how you present yourself. It all goes to your level of responsibility. It, it goes with all those things because there are some, there are some people, even there are even ministers who will sit down with somebody and they might drink a beer with them mm-hmm. and, and get the word into them. You know, because the the greater need the greater need may be that 
The guy might be contemplating, uh, contemplating suicide because of problems on his job, or it might be a domestic relationship or something like that, domestic abuse or what that case. So if that's what it takes to get that man to sit down and listen, then maybe perhaps that's what he'll do. If that's the only way that he can get it, to get him to sit down and listen to him if they sit down and, and over a beer. So it's different things for, for different folks and everything like that. But, again, everything done in moderation. But let's set, let's set the record straight. You're not condoning it. You're just saying. Oh, no. That, no, what, like, I, what I'm saying here is that I'm not condoning any of it. But what I'm saying is that it's all a growth pattern. Right, right. You know, no one comes immediately, I'm a Christian, so today I don't drink anymore. See, it might not work for it. It might work for one person, but it may not work for another one. But you cannot condemn that person that it doesn't work for because he hasn't gotten there yet. Right, right. See, everybody's right. walk is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no one that's I, I, no one is to be condemned because their walk is not the same as the next person. Right, right. Look, 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 once again. Thank, thank you for this, this segment. We, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna do this every uh, Saturday. So um, if you want, if you got any questions for the uh, minister, make sure you you inbox some questions so that we can uh, be well suited and prepared to uh, to uh, present them to the minister so he can uh, answer the questions. So we want it. We want these uh, answers. Pre-given, so that I mean, questions pre-given, so that we have time to uh, go through. We probably have to go to scripture sometime, and you know, and, and just you know, just have them prepared. So, well, we want to thank you for that, uh, brother Reed. Uh, we're going to move on to our topic for today. All right. Everybody ready for that topic? Yeah. Uh, Okay, our topic for today is traditional thinking versus moderate thinking. Which is better? Man has man has the world really changed that much. This is a very different world we're we're in from the one our grandparents and parents knew. We used to eat home cooked meals every day, now we grab instant food. Change is a big part of life because everything is always evolving. They say, without evolution, things will surely begin to die off. What about relationships? What about what about you as a person? Do the same apply? Some say traditional ways should always stay in place. Others believe it is impossible to thrive on traditional ways in a fast-paced world. So, which is better, traditional thinking or moderate, modern thinking? Uh, I'm going to let you uh, have that first, that first one, uh, Brother Reed. What, what do you, what do you think? First, I'm going to ask this. Um, what do you, what do you think um, is the, is the major changes from, from. Uh, like uh, the old ways to now that sticks out to you. Okay. Well, one of the major things that I think is the uh, is personal communication. 
And I, I think we've, we've, we've lost a lot of our personal communication skills simply because of the, uh, the reliance and the uh, obsession with our cell phones. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of people have lost the ability to, to, to speak to one another, to talk with one another, even within the families themselves. You know, if everybody's preoccupied with texting and Instagramming and Facebooking and all those things, people don't even talk to each other anymore. Right. You know, and, and, and you don't have those communication skills. So I think a lot of times we need to put these cell phones down and just simply talk to one another. And uh, it's 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 a great invention for a lot of things, but for for a lot of reasons, not so good. You know, I mean, just like families used to sit down for. Uh, I mean, you mentioned home cooked meals. Families would sit down at dinner time, and everybody had an opportunity to speak on how their day was and everything. But now you sit at the at the table now. Everybody's on their phone. Nobody knows exactly what nobody else is doing. You know, and it, it just, that's a skill that is gone. That's an opportunity to communicate that is gone. Now, that's my main one right there that, that I think, you know, we've we, we, we gained with the uh, technology, but we've lost so much of the uh, personal communication skills. Definitely, definitely. Satellite, what are you guys? Um, hello? Yes. I hear you, satellite. Oh yeah, the, it's uh, the phone's starting to mess up again. I, I hear it. Yeah, I hear it too. Okay, go go ahead. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. I forgot Hello? what was the question. <laughs> I said, "What is the biggest? What is the biggest change from old from old uh, the old days to new that stands out to you?" Hmm. From the old days to the new days, that stands out. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> you got the Muhammad Ali. Uh, uh, well, okay. Wait a minute. Is is, is this a? Uh, let me see something. If if uh, anybody, you know what? I, I was so I've been so rude too. If you want to um, comment or uh, ask, you know, or anything about these. Uh, Topics that we got. That number is six four six five six four nine seven two eight. Press one uh, if you want to comment. I, I have been we've been wrapped up so much I forgot to put that out, y'all. Um, okay. But I, I do. Let me see something right here. You rocking with the Fat Cat Show? What's happening? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, what's up? Yeah, yeah, I know if you guys I got my call. Um, I'm, I missed the question, bro. I, I think you were talking about the traditional versus modern. I don't know. Let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, talk about tradition. I said, what is what is the biggest change between the old days 
of how things used to be done and not in today's ways that stand out to you? Uh, mostly uh, stuff is homogenized right now. It's really like uh, fast food versus slow. It's like a it's, it's fast food versus a slow burn. You know, back in the day, your music, you know, your move, your music even took longer to to build up and 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 develop. Now, you know, you get five seconds, ten seconds for you even even get a yay or nay with music now, you know, um, just everything, the food, you know, everything is, is, is hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's about uh, trying to fill in conveniences that might actually um, make us lazier in many ways and um, not able to self-sustain ourselves if those conveniences were to be removed. So, so right now, I'm asking this of, of all the panel. If you could, if you could move anything uh, technical back right now, what would it be? What would what you know technology would you would you move, remove, and go back to the old way right now? Hmm. I, I probably it probably has to do something with food, how the food is processed, because uh, you figure food is a is probably a humongous, if not the number one reason why why you got so much um, sickness and. Bad behavior and bad moods and bad dispositions. You know, a lot of people don't feel the best because of the food. A lot of people are violent because of the food. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brother Ray? I was. Hello? Okay, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What... What would you move back? You know, for me, I, I, I agree with you probably just spoke on the food. Because if you, I mean, the main thing is that you are what you eat. You know, and so many things can be traced back to all these uh, additives, such as uh, right. high fructose corn syrup and all the other stuff that's in our food now. Because we always looking for this fast and convenient and everything such as that. But if you remember, back in the day when Big Mama, you know, were in the kitchen cooking the meals, and even had gardens in the backyard and everything such as that, you know, the food was more healthier for you. You know, even even to the point where uh, you didn't get a McDonald's burger because McDonald's wasn't on every corner back then. You got that that burger that was made in the kitchen. Right. You know, and uh, everything was right there for you. We didn't go to fast food like we do now. And every, you didn't have all this obesity and everything else, high blood pressure and all those things. You know, so I think that is the key right there. If you go back to the food, you can change so much oh, as yeah. a, uh, some of the definitely. problems that we have now. You know what, you, you're definitely right because now you can look in, in a household 
just say a household of five, five people, like say five adults in a household, and you might get either either three or all of them on high blood pressure medicine, mm-hmm. especially in the black because everything is fried, everything is uh, uh, modified, and all of that. It's not not like even even with the the like say the so called green foods we eat. They mm-hmm. even do. Yep. They even do stuff to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we didn't. And we didn't know. But I know one thing. My grandfather, he was a he was a real big believer in eating from the ground. He was a big. Yeah. Believer. He used to. My grandfather used to have us out there making uh making those rolls to, for squash, tomatoes, mm-hmm. all of that. All of that. He'd yeah. like. Just tell us in a heartbeat, go out there and pick me some tomatoes off that, you know, vine. go get me some squash and all that. And we, and, but, but you know what, now it's even hard to to um, plant that stuff now because they poison in the ground. Right. Exactly. You know? But, I mean, but it's much better. If you were to go just in your backyard and plant a garden, the food that you get there will be 100% better than anything you could buy at, at even at a whole because you know they like you said we can we even get back to when food actually was perishable you know they got so many preservatives now <laughs> where food right food doesn't even die anymore food doesn't even look ugly produce doesn't even look ugly anymore like it came out of a ground it looks like it's perfect perfect plastic right, right. yes you know yes. At, why, why are apples so beautiful now? Why aren't apples mm-hmm. looking like they just came off of a tree that's been outside with ants and 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 bugs and you know? Okay, right. we get back to some real food, <laughs> you know? So yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's so true, man. They don't you don't see a bruised apple in the in the store yeah. anymore. But we do when no. we climbed on trees back in the day. We we saw how all the stuff was there. Yeah, you had to pick yeah. through some apples. Yeah, you had to pick through apples to get a good one, yep. and then you finally got it, and you washed, mm-hmm. wiped it off, wiped the dust. Yeah. It had a gritty feel. Now, you feel your apples, they're smooth as, you know, they smooth as mm-hmm. a glass almost. And, um, yeah. A lot of, the other day, I, I had a bunch of apples, and, and I, you have to literally boil water and I pour mm-hmm. boiling boiling water on the apples and there is a residue that comes off of the apples now. So you try that experiment yeah, with all your Yeah, that's all that wax. That's the wax. But yeah, they, yeah, they put that wax but that locks in them pair on them um the pesticides yep. that they spray on yep, the apples. And you when you pour that water on there you'll actually start to smell the apple again. You don't even smell apples anymore. That's so true, man. You're so true. They're locking in a lot of stuff, so it's just, yeah, that's gonna be my pick. Definitely food. Food affects a lot of what's going on. But you know what, though, you know what, too. Uh, the funny, the funny thing too is that, like, even with the meat in the supermarket, they, you know, to keep the color, they they running carbon monoxide on. Yeah. 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 Need to keep that yep. color. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to go. I want to go a little bit uh, deeper with uh, with uh, 
what Brother Reed was talking about with as far as communication. And I think I think, I think the mobile phone took a, a lot of things. It was better when we couldn't contact each other uh, at, at a drop of a dime all the time because we actually came over each other's houses to make sure yeah. everybody was but when you when mobile devices came available, ready available, now we don't even come over to each other's house and check on each other. We long as we can talk talk to you and call you, we don't come see you. We just you No, nah, we would just text now. Hey, what's up? We just text. I, I can FaceTime you and, and oh okay, mm-hmm. you know, blah blah blah. Instead of us getting together and, and you know, and doing and doing stuff. That that and that's the one of the right. that I see with that communication, you know. You, you yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's true. Nobody can deny that. That's a, that's a fact. And you know what? And another thing that that uh, uh mobile uh, devices did it, it made us a uh, uh, dumb memory wise. We don't even know each other numbers no more. No, we don't even. No, no, no. We, we don't Definitely. even use You know, I, I look at it. I look at. It, I don't even know my own mother's number by heart because I'm so used to yep. just pushing, pushing the number and and it'll just pop there. That see, that's lazy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we don't even right. use our. We don't even use our brains enough to even uh, get that right. And, we, and the bad part about it is, it, it's a, it's real deceptive. You know, we think yeah. we, you know, even with G, even with GPS, we used to use maps. You know, oh bad, yeah. We, they when they make this readiness, there's a there's a downside to to this ready, this quick and readiness type thing. See, with GPS, they, mm-hmm. they, it's not only convenient for us to find, but they tracking. They know your, they know your movement. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, they know everything. Right. That's why I won't put that device, that device on my car with the insurance companies. As far as that safe driving little discount thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about the track where I'm at, bro? That's no, no. right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah, they gonna yeah, they gonna uh, cover that gap though with that five G, bro. You know, this it's about to be as far as tracking people. That's not gonna be a problem. It's already not a problem because you got a cell phone on you. But, yeah, you know, right. That's just where the world is going, bro. It's just uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a lot right. of we can get, we can get, we can get uh, you know, nostalgic about. We just gotta know uh, what we gotta do going forward because otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll drive you crazy trying to uh, trying to uh, stand back in the uh, hourglass. Right. Yeah, that's true. Time to move forward, bro. You gotta get in where you fit in. Now, now let let me let me ask this: What thing that we do now in the modern in, in modern times that you see that we had we had to advance it? We had to advance it, and we can't keep doing traditional. What is that? Hmm. You gotta put your what, say it. Say that, say that question again. What well, in the modern times? 
what in modern times yeah. that that you know that we we had to we had to bring it you know advance it to modern times. Oh, that, that, you know we had to. Well, that's, I think uh, I think that's almost everything, man. I mean. I, I was just telling my wife, man, just the very nature of the question of modern versus tradition. Tradition, tradition by its very nature is is to expire. Uh-huh. Every tradition has a has a clock to it. That's why it's called a tradition. You know, everything advances to some another new chapter, you know what I mean? Even anything, you can look at uh, uh, styles of clothes, music, um, you know, we can call it whether it's advancing or or downgrading, we can, we, that's another argument, but but it is definitely moving forward in some way or the other, you know what I'm saying? It's it's escaping what it once was. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm. almost everything. Everything does that. You age. You are not even the same time as you were five years ago. You know what I mean? So. But, but, but what about this, though? What about those What about those ancient tribes that's out here that still holding on to, the, to tradition, the ones that we can't even see? You remember yeah. You know what I'm saying? They've been holding on to them same, them same things for for all their lives. All they know, they they holding uh-huh. on to the same things. Remember when uh, what was that that tribe that that them people went over there to to go to their land and they got killed? Uh, oh yeah, that was off that island. I forget the name of the yeah, people, that, but that, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, well, and I mean, just, it, it just depends on. I think it depends on. There's levels to this. I mean, even within their tribe, there somebody in the tribe is going to learn something new, and then when they learn that new mm-hmm. something, they're going to teach the other people in the tribe, and then they're going to do things that new, different way. You know what I'm saying? So they may have their foundation that they still hold on, like we still. Every region has a certain foundation that it holds on to. Um, but but for the most part, you're going to have some level of evolution in every in in every sector of of life. Period. You know what I mean? Whether it's you change your hairdo, you change your clothes. You're not wearing the same clothes you used to wear in the '80s. That was a tradition until you changed your mind. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Went to something mm-hmm. different. So. I'll let the brother speak. I'll, I'll say it in my phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, Reed, you got something? Yeah, well, one thing that I, I think that has changed, that, uh, and that's the uh, the computer. I, you remember when the computers were something that you saw at business and uh, big corporations and everything, and then mm-hmm. uh, then it became the notebook and all that, not a laptop, and now you got a... Uh, Kindles and all these things, but I will say this though is that within our people, we, we really have to take advantage of that. And I was telling this to to, to my uh, my children is that 
there is no more excuses for you guys not to have straight A's. You know, I think when I was in when I was in school, we had to rely on the uh, the encyclopedia. You know, we had to go to the library and depend on the Dewey Decimal System. You know, to find all this information. Now y'all got it twenty four seven with Google, Wikipedia, every y'all have all this knowledge at your fingertips. So y'all, they should be taking advantage of that. Like I said, there's no excuse now that these kids should not be. Excelling in school, because you got you, you get everything there. It's right there for you. They don't have the excuses that we have or had, you know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, just just let you know how the bar steadily moves forward. At one time, you know, we had to spend that uh, spend that time to work out those small micro problems, you know, mm-hmm. things that you now just put into type into a calculator or, you know, um, and so since we don't have to do those little micro uh, problems in school, they have to, they have to. They're doing things on a, probably a faster level and yeah. spend, allocate that, that brain power and that uh, level of learning to something, you know, a little bit more expanded, a little bit more forward. So it, it, it just, it really just, it just changes for every couple of generations, you know, the bar just right. goes a little bit forward and, and mm-hmm. You know what they once did; they just do something different. That's all. Right, 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 right. You know what I know? I'm confused. Uh, uh, if why now? I don't know. I'm gonna ask you, brother. As far as you have kids, also, why? Why do you think they're not kids? Okay, you got a lot of static. I hear you. I don't want to be a walking blanket like 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's yeah, it's pretty bad yeah. now, bro. We might yeah. not, bro. We might close it on now. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, uh, like, 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 uh, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank everybody for the end of the end of the show. I'm sorry, 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 all the technical difficulties back in.